Well, it's good to have kids in the service today, just a few. Uh, I want you kids to know that it's super important to be in church. Uh, is it important to be in church when you're old or when you're young? Both. Thank you, son. I didn't even prep him for that. He was just ready. Uh, yeah, it's important both when you're old and when you're young. Uh, sometimes when you get to be old, uh, you don't like kids in church. You know, it kind of gives you a rash. You know, you start freezing up and everything. I remember going to church when I was a kid, and uh, it's a bad experience uh, in a lot of respects. I went with my family. Uh, but also my cousins and my grandparents as well. We took up our three rows or section. And, uh, you know, in church, sometimes they would just go, shh. You know, they'd snap and give me the shh. And, and worse than the shh or the snap was the look that turns a heart to stone and everything else, you know, the look. I, nice, nice. That's that's good. That's good. I've heard that as a pastor, you need to be able to discipline your kids from a distance, you know, which is good. But uh, the look and what was bad about the look is that um, because we were sitting as a family, there were two or three people or maybe more that could give us the look and we were uh, not wanting to be what, doing what we were doing. Um, I also want to tell you, I guess that... Uh, um, we want this to be a time, uh, a place, kids, where you want to come. Uh, I know that uh, there's a lot of places you could be kids. There's a lot of things you could be doing, but none is more important than you coming to church and learning about God. So that's what we're doing this morning. We're teaching you how to sit in church. Um, if you get a little fidgety, don't worry. Some of the adults get a little fidgety too. Um, some of them even fall asleep. And if you find one, kind of nudge them a little bit, Okay especially if it's your mom or dad. Um, we have children at this church. God has blessed us with children. And uh, as that blessing, we're going to talk about even stewardship today. And I, I want to tell you that we have needs with our, our children, both this hour and last hour, uh, both for Sunday school as well as children's church. So uh, this is... Uh, you the church that God has brought you into. And I just want to just throw it out there again, again, uh, just asking if you are at all willing to help out in our, uh, our children's uh, ministry. If you could pull out a connection card right now. I know most of you have already signed it. Pull them out, pull them out, um, and sign on there. I will do anything. Follow I will do anything when it comes to our children, this you know, follow, watch this, my watch, you know. No, no, I, we're not doing a train. But I do, I do want you to do this. If you're at all interested, if there's an, if God's prompting your heart at all, say, I am interested. I am interested. Don't sign it at the bottom. We're not saying you to sign your life away, but I'm interested in hearing what needs there are. This is not, um, we're not going to ask you to be in charge of 50 kids, uh, and, you know, if you're scared of girls, which is, there's, there's reasons to be scared of little girls. Um, and we're not going to, if you're scared of girls, we're not going to put you with girls. If you're scared of boys, we're not going to put you with boys. There's reasons to fear each of those groups. Totally different. Um, but we also don't need necessarily teachers, but we need people to help out. Uh, we need people to fill in where needed. Um, and, and some of you are like, oh, I could never 
teach or, or I couldn't do any of that. Can you do this? Can you do this? Just hold a sweet little baby. That's something we need people to do as well, uh, both first and second service in our nursery. We might even have some more babies coming on the way. Uh, we're super excited to hold them. Uh, but what a great ministry. So a mom could get a few minutes to spend with her Lord in church um, in the midst of every four hours doing other things uh, and in a cycle and you know all those things. Um, super great opportunity. So if you could do that on a connection card and you're saying, well, we've already taken the offering, just leave it on your seats and just say, this is my name, this is my phone number. I'm interested in hearing what needs are available and uh, we'll take care of that. Uh, God will use you. And it, chances are he'll use you greatly in those things. I want you to know that I think there's a direct uh, connection here. Um, we had a conversation this week uh, regarding someone who has just a, a burden for their son, just their, their, they want their son to be in a good place spiritually so bad, and they're excited about a church, not even in this state, that their son started going to, and they were all excited about this church, and they wanted all these great things about this church, and, and, and they realized that that's over there, that they want that to be a great church for their son, but who's sons and grandkids go here that we have an opportunity to minister as well and i want you to know that if you are a grandparent if you are a parent that has a burden for your kids the children's ministry is where you need to be um, because that's where your opportunity weekly is to minister in this place and i trust that god will bless you as you serve in that respect second announcement i have for you this morning Kids, um, is it more important, uh, is it important, kids, uh, that you know a lot about Jesus? Yeah. Some of you are nodding your head. Come on, you can, you can talk out in church today, okay? Is it important for you to know a lot about Jesus? Yes, okay, okay. If it's important for you to know about Jesus, even if you don't know about multiplication or exponents or anything like that, if it's important for you to know about Jesus, it's super, super, super important for your fathers to know about Jesus. And I just wanted to tell you, fathers, once again, I extend a hand of welcome uh, to come out tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. over at Primo Burgers. Uh, well, we won't have burgers in the morning. I suppose you could. Uh, but we'll uh, meet in the downstairs room. There's been about 10 of us there on Wednesday more or Monday morning, and then ten of us at uh, Wednesday night as well. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Uh, it's it's not a time where uh, y- you have to worry about uh, whether you're a failure or not, because everyone in the room is a failure, and uh, we get together not to commiserate, but to talk about what we can do differently in the days to come. And so I encourage you men to come. Turn in your Bibles, everyone, to Titus chapter 1. Kids, uh, get a Bible and have an adult help you find where Titus chapter 1 is. Um, Open up to Titus chapter 1. And I'm going to read to you just one verse this morning, actually just part of one verse. And that's what we're going to do, look at this morning, kids. If you'd stand in honor of God's word. I'd like to read to you Titus chapter 1, verse 7. 
verse 7, the first part. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. Let me read it to you again. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. Must be above reproach. Let me pray and ask that God would help us in this time. God, thank you for the opportunity of being here today. I thank you for the children in our midst, and I thank you for the families represented here. I ask that you would just continue to work on us and help us to understand the place that you have called us to be. I pray that we would understand your word right now, that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Kids, I want to tell you about that, what we just did there. We stood up when we read God's word. The reason we stood up, uh, there's no rule in the Bible. There's no rule in the Bible that when you read his word that you have to stand up. I want to tell you that. If you go to another church and they read the Bible and they don't stand up, go, oh, this is a bad church. They don't do it like the church that I go to. Um, It's not a rule. Uh, But in the Old Testament, there was a time where God's people had been uh, far from his word for a long time. And as they got back to where they should be, uh, one of the men opened up the word of God and they stood but they stood for hours, stood for hours and listened to the word of God. And so we kind of do that just remembering that the word of God is special. We also pray. Uh, and there's no rule that once you read the Bible, then you have to pray. But I want to tell you in my mind, in Pastor Kevin's mind, how that all connects. Okay. Um, our Bible is written in English. It's been translated uh, by great scholars like Pastor Brandon. You know, uh, in the Greek and the Hebrew uh, get down to it, and they translate it into English. So when I was in second grade, when, when I was in second grade, kids, I couldn't read very well. I couldn't read very well. I was struggling with reading. They take you to those tests in school and they say, here, read this. And I I don't know if I had the glazed look like, I don't know what that says or whatever, but I couldn't read very well. I couldn't read. And so they, uh, they took me out of my class and they took me to a reading specialist, a reading specialist. And I don't know what she did to me there, but she worked some kind of tricks or something on me or, you know reprogrammed me or something that I learned how to read. I learned how to read. And so today, kids, I can read English. I can read English, which is good. It's good to know how to read. Um, So this is in English, but other things are in English too. Do you have any books, kids? Do you have any books? Raise your hand if you have books. You have books. Some of you adults, do you read books anymore? Just cartoons. Uh, Just watch TV a lot. Um, But, uh, you know, the Bible's in English. We have other books in English. There's things that you can read uh, in the news, the newspaper, or maybe even like you go into a store and you can read labels. Some of them, those words don't look like they're English, but I suppose they are. Uh, but you can read English, but, but that's not the problem. When we read the Bible, read the Bible, it's, it's a special book. It's a special book. And what we're doing is, we can understand maybe what the words mean, but we're asking that God would show us what he means and that he would teach us and do the special teaching that needs that our heart needs when we go to God's word. So that's why we pray, okay? 
Make sense? Okay, you still with me? Good. Uh, so I, I learned how to read at school. I think I learned how to tell time on a clock like that in church, though. Because I would sit in that row with my parents and my cousins and my grandparents, and I remember thinking, boy, it's going a long time. Is it almost done yet? And my mom would say, my mom would say, it's done at 12.15, 12.15. I remember a clock similar to that one right there that I could kind of turn around and look and check it out. And I go, oh, big hand on the three. That's when we're out of here. You know, big hands on the three. And which is really a bad thing when a kid knows what time, or adults, uh, what time church is supposed to end. Because many times I'd look up there and I'd go, it's on the three. Can't that guy tell time on one of those clocks? He's still talking. Doesn't he know it's time to, you know. So I didn't stand up and go like this, but I sure wanted to. Church is sometimes a tough place to hang in there, kids. Uh, For adults as well, uh, they may think it's a lot easier, but um, for them too sometimes. This morning, we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about the church. And in verse 7, what I read to you, it says this. It it speaks of uh, a man called an overseer, an overseer. And another word is used uh, earlier, elder of a church, an overseer or an elder. I want to ask you a question, kids. Who runs the church? Who runs the church? Think about it right now. Who runs the church? And that's answered in verse 7. Look down at it. An overseer, an overseer or an elder. Kids, somebody has to be in charge all the time. So God, God will get to God, okay? Thanks, Luke. Uh, somebody has to be in charge. In the church. I remember, so I went, to, I went to elementary school. I went to Foothill Elementary, which I, get to walk, I got to walk to school. And at school, it was great when recess or lunchtime came because we'd all go out on this big field. It was so great. I, all the guys would get around and everything, and we'd play soccer and kickball, and, and we'd just run around and tackle each other. Don't do this at school right now. You'll get busted for it. But uh, uh, it was just fun to be out there. And But some days weren't fun. And what would happen? This is what would happen. We'd go out there. Someone would get the ball, and we'd go out to play kickball. And we'd stand there, and um, we'd talk. Not like not like girls talk, but like boys talk. Um, they're, they go like this. We, we, got, we got around. We had the ball we were by the backstop, and Hey, let's play kickball. Yeah, let's play kickball. Okay, I'll be captain. You were captain last time. I should be captain. I'm better than you. No, I I hate when he's captain. He always picks a terrible team. And we just go back and forth, back and forth. The bell rings. We hadn't played kickball. You know why? Because we'd been arguing about who's going to be up first, who's going to be on whose team, how this is going to work, who's going to be the captain, who's going to choose first. We could argue about everything. And so somebody has to be in charge. Somebody has to be uh, the ones that are running the church. The difference here, this isn't king. This isn't like a king or a queen, right? You know that it's good to be a king or a queen, right? You like it when you get to be king or queen, right? See, the church isn't like your birthday, Think about your birthday right now. Is your birthday a good thing or a bad thing? It's good, right? Why do we like our birthday? 
Because we get presents. We get all these questions like, so what do you want to do on your birthday? What kind of cake do you want? A big one. Lots of frosting. Uh, what, what do you want to eat? Who do you want to be there? And, and, and throughout the day, kids, we do this, don't we? You know, we're going to watch a movie or something like that. And we say, oh, it's my birthday. So I get what I want. You know, so I get to do whatever I want. That's not like the church. I want to tell you this. The church isn't like your birthday. Okay? It's not that you're the king or the queen, and it's not that it's your birthday. It's that it's the church. It's the church. And he's called, he's called the church to be organized. In, in the Bible where we're talking about in the passage in the book of Titus, what's happening is there's this big island. There's this big island near Turkey over uh, far, far away from us. There's this big island with these little towns, little towns. And throughout these little towns, there's little churches. And the Apostle Paul tells this guy, Titus, and he says, Titus, Go set those churches in order. And what you're going to do is you're going to find overseers, overseers to take care of these churches. You see, an overseer is the idea that he is watching over. It's kind of the picture of what a shepherd would do. This morning I was trying to think about what it must be like, uh, what different occupations and jobs you could have that would remind you of what it is to be an overseer. And so I brought, what is this, kids? Baseball bat. Baseball bat. So a lot of things can be done with a baseball bat, but uh, you can hit a baseball, which is probably what it's made for. But uh, there's other things that you can do with a baseball bat as well. I was thinking about that church that I grew up in, and um, the church that I grew up in was uh, kind of on the bad side of the freeway in uh, Santa Barbara, if there is a bad side. And so there was this man who had a special job for our church building. He locked it up. He locked it up. Every day he would go through the church and check every door. He would check every door to make sure that it was locked. And you know what he carried with him? A baseball bat. And why did he carry his trusty baseball bat? Was it because he liked baseball? I don't think so. He carried it with him so that if there was a bad guy, it was kind of dark. And you know how it's kind of scary in the dark sometimes? So what he did was he had his keys. He had his hand that he was going to check every door. And he also had his baseball bat in case he met anybody in the neighborhood late at night. What he was doing, what he was doing, he was making sure that the building was secure. He was making sure that everything was safe. He was going around to every door. I thought that was always interesting that he'd go to every door because there was a lot of doors and he would check every one every night. And I can imagine uh, that some nights he was going, man, it's sure dark out there. Man, I don't really want to do this. It doesn't seem like, you know, I'm kind of tired it seems kind of scary. Maybe I shouldn't do it, but he did. You know why he did? Not because he liked going out there in the dark, but because it was important. It was important to make sure that the building was secure. So that's why I brought my baseball bat. It's actually not my baseball bat. It's my son's, but I like to bring a bat to church. And it reminds you about what eldering is all about. Okay.
It's not hitting people, but it's uh, securing it. So I'm going to put this back here. Um, so there's this word, overseer, overseer. And the other word is elder. It's the idea that he goes around. There's other occupations or jobs that this reminds me of. Uh, have any of you ever been a babysitter? Have any of you ever been a babysitter? Um, what's the job of a babysitter? Take care of the babies, right? Take care of the kids. Make sure they don't hurt themselves or hurt one another while their parents are gone. You see, the, the picture here is this, that they're not their kids, but they have a job of protection. If you have a babysitter that falls asleep or talks on her cell phone the whole time or doesn't pay attention or whatever, that's not a very good babysitter. Babysitter has an important job. The other job that I think of is that of a nurse. I picture a nurse and she's, she's in the hospital and it's late at night and she's making her rounds. She's making her rounds. And she comes in, she walks in and she, she looks at your chart. She looks at your machine. She looks at you. She talks to you. Are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need something? How's this working out? Do you need more medicine or less medicine? Do you need, you know, is there anything we can do for you? And on to the next and to the next and to the next. And this is the picture. This is the picture of an overseer. You know, sometimes in the church we get confused. We bring other pictures in that are uh, not the right pictures. But this is the picture that, that God gives us when it comes to his church. He says, I, I've, I've called men to be overseers in my midst, and this is what I want them to do. I want them to check in. Are you okay? And constantly be going around checking. Is it, is it safe? Is it dangerous? Is it something that I can protect? Is it healthy? Is it healthy? And so this is the picture of what we are to be doing. So who runs the church? Overseers or elders? The second question, I hope you're ready, Luke. Who owns the church? Who owns the church? Just blurt it out. We're not in school. Jesus. Jesus will even go... Thank you, Rob. Our overseer. Oh, my goodness. If you look down at it, this is very important for us to think. He says, uh, he talks about that these overseers are called to do, and they're, they're as God's steward, as God's steward. In the Bible, uh, this word steward is kind of interesting because in the Bible times, they, when, when someone traveled, it wasn't like they hopped in their car and hopped on the freeway and, you know, booked down, you know, did their business and then came back, or they didn't fly down, you know, get down to the airport and take a plane and fly all the way across the country, do their business and then come back. When they had to go away, it was a a sense of a time, like maybe a month, maybe even longer. And many times as a man would go away, he would leave his family, he would leave his crops, he would leave his animals And he would find someone and he would pay them and he'd say, will you take care of my stuff while I'm gone? I'll pay you to be the one that watches over my family, my my, uh, crops and my flocks of animals. Will you do that for me? You're a steward. They're not yours, but I will hire you with the job of watching over this for me. 
It's important for us to know that God owns the church. And there's a, a, a reason for this. There's a reason for this. So last night I had to go to the store. I had to. So I went to the store. And they gave me this piece of paper. What's this piece of paper, kids? A receipt. A receipt. This is a very important piece of paper. It's not that important, but it's kind of important. Uh, so what you do in a store, and kids, you've seen this happen over and over again, right? Some of you have seen it over and over and over again, and I'm sorry for you. But uh, you go with your mom or dad, you go to the store, you do your shopping, you pick out what you want, and then you take it up to the lady or man at the register, and they look at your stuff, they figure out how much it is, you pay for it, and then they give you a receipt. They give you this receipt. Uh, and what does this receipt tell you? What does this receipt tell you? What you bought, how much it was, how you paid, right? Those are kind of the basic things, and they usually have some advertisements, some other junk that's hard to weed through. But so, so if I looked at this one, this is very important what I went to the store for last night. Coffee, coffee. I, I bought some coffee. I bought some coffee. It cost eight ninety nine. Pete's co- Pete's coffee. So it's very important. And I, I paid. I paid for it. And it says that I paid for it because they gave me this receipt. Okay, uh, kids. I always think this is funny. I don't know why I think this is funny. When you go to Albertsons or Kohl's or Home Depot or whatever, and either somebody doesn't pay. Or they don't think they paid, and they go through the door. What happens? Woo, woo, woo! You know, there's this kind of siren type thing or noise, and everyone turns around. And I love because it's kind of embarrassing, you know, when everyone's looking at you. And what they usually do is they check for a receipt, receipt, because the receipt says you bought it, you paid for it. What does this have to do with the church? What does this have to do with um, men who are called overseers that are God's stewards? What does this have to do with it? Well, it's real simple. You were paid for. You were paid for. His church was paid for. And so if he pays for it, he pays for it. It means he owns it, right? In fact, in the book of 1 Corinthians, kids, it says this. For you have been bought with a price. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God in your body. Because we have been bought, we have an owner. This church, this group of people here, we are not our own or just a group or a club or something. We've been bought. We've been bought. And so as we think about the church, we are, when, when God calls overseers or elders to be his stewards, what he's saying is, take care of my church. Take care of my church. Most of you can probably relate to this, but um, I grew up in a home where my dad had a lot of tools. And we had a piece of property that was a couple acres. And uh, as a young boy, I used to go out to the garage all the time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really a hard thing when you're a boy and you look at this garage full of tools 
not to grab them and go want to build something or break something or modify something or customize something with those tools. So from time to time, I would do that. And I'd take these tools in various places on our two-acre property. And and then uh, my dad would always say it was like the Russians came. It was like the Russians came. And he's German, so that made a lot of sense to him. But, uh, it, you know, something would uh, spark my interest. I would, I would lose uh, track of what I was doing. I had a short attention span. And kids, you have this, but so do your parents, okay? And uh, so you're working on something, and then you go, oh, I got something else I need to do. And so you walk away, and I would leave those tools in a field at our house. Well, time would go on. Months would pass. And these tools would be laying out there in uh, a coastal environment of Santa Barbara. And uh, they would rust and be ruined. And we'd find them. And my dad would go, how did this get out here? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think my dad was pleased at me taking care of his tools or not pleased? Not pleased, was he? Because I, those were not my tools. Those were not my possessions, they weren't mine. And I used them and I didn't take care of them. This is the picture that he's bringing to an overseer. He says, as God's steward, as the one who has been entrusted, take care of that which is mine. Well, um, he goes on to say, uh, as God's steward, he must be above reproach must be above reproach. We'll talk about what that word reproach is, but I have this dog back here. I have this dog. I know some of you are going to tease me for this, but that's okay. I can handle it. Sometimes as a pastor, you have to sacrifice. I actually had a better example in the first service where in the surprise box, a little Carrie brought sweetie pie. And even before I opened it up, she said, these are my very bestest things that I put in there. And it, it was Sweetie Pie and her blankie, okay? It was the double. It was, it was awesome. But anyways, this dog right here is not mine. This is not my dog. But what it is, it's a replica of my dog. When I was probably three or four, I had a dog like this. And it was my favorite thing. It was my favorite thing. And I slept with it at night. I drug it around the house. I played cars with it. I probably took it out in the sandbox and various other things. Because I love that dog. It was my precious possession. And and do you guys have precious possessions? Uh, it's very, you know, when you have a precious possession, it, you have to think about it, right? You don't just go out doing things. In fact, I asked Carrie at the surprise box, I said, uh, do, do you let Charlie play with Sweetie Pie? And Charlie goes, I don't touch Sweetie Pie. And And she followed up with, yeah, he doesn't touch sweetie pie because he knows I'll make a fuss about it. You know, and that is true, right? When something's important to us, we take great care with it. If we look at someone and we say, you know, can I, can I see your dog? And you kind of size them up and you go, well, are you going to treat my dog nice? Or are you going to take good care of it? Because it's something important where your mom says, uh, uh, I'll take care of it. Most of the time you go, oh, okay, my, mom, mom, you can trust. And you're like, oh. uh, 
your older brother or your younger brother. No, not so much. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to allow you because I don't trust you. I don't trust you. When you think about your precious possessions, um, you make sure. Sit there. Just stay. Good dog. Uh, when, when you think of your precious possessions, you entrust them with great care and with great fear even because you want to make sure they're taken care of. And this is what I want, want you to get this morning. He uses a word in verse 7 that he's already used. He says, For an overseer, as God's stewards, as God's the one he watches over his stuff with, they must be above reproach. Above reproach. Kids, what he's saying here is this. That it's my church. It's my church. I've, I've paid for it. This is what God's saying. It's my church. I've paid for it. I give it to overseers, but they must be people that I can trust with it. They must be people above reproach. They must be people that won't ruin it. That won't, they'll take great care with it. And he lists out, and we're going to go over these next week uh, for your parents, kids. He, he goes over and he talks about some things. And I'll just pick a few of them out. Because he, this is such his precious possession, because he paid so much, the, the blood of his own son, he says this, what's this going to look like? First of all, they're not going to be prideful. Kids, sometimes we want to say, I'm the best. I'm the most important. I get to have my way. That's being proud or prideful. And what he, it, uh, an overseer can't be proud or prideful. You know why? Because the idea of pride or, or arrogant is a word. It's the idea that, that you're only concerned about yourself and you think you're the best. If you find someone who's proud, someone who thinks they're the best, is only concerned about themselves, how good of an overseer are they going to be? How good are they going to be going around and checking on each one? Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Because you know why? The, the, the problem is they're not concerned if you're okay, you're okay, or you're okay. They're only concerned about if they're okay because they're the best. I want to tell you, kids, um, and adults, you probably should listen in on this too. Um, we always want to be the best. We always want to be the best. We love focusing on ourselves. We think, uh, we look for things where we can be the best. That's why they came up with video games. Because you can be the best at those. And you say, no, no, you got to have lots of skill. No, no, you got to have lots of time. You know, that's all you need. And you know what? The reality is, given a lot of time with anything, you can be the best in your own eyes. But life isn't about you being the best. It's about you taking care of others and taking care of that which God has entrusted you with. So he says, you know, I can't have one that's prideful. He says, I, I can't have one that's quick-tempered either or uh, it gets mad easily. You, you know why, kids? What, why is it bad for an overseer to get mad? Well, why do we get mad, by the way? Um, when you come in, kids, and uh, you've been working really hard, you have a model or maybe your Legos or or you've been working on a project and you've been working super hard on it and you come in and it's messed up. How do you feel inside? 
horrible, mad. And you start, you know, I don't know if any of you do this, but do you ever throw a tantrum? Do you ever throw a tantrum, adults? I was, I was thinking we could all throw our best tantrum here this morning, um, and we'd see who, re- I, I would be interested to know who can throw a really good tantrum. Don't point them out if they're in your family, by the way. Um, you, you can't have a, a, a temper that, that cr- comes up easy. Why would a, a, one of God's overseers, why could he, he, he can't have a temper? What happens if as he's going around checking in on everything, what happens when things aren't the way they should be? And he throws a tantrum every time things aren't the way they should be. Can't happen, right? Because that's the reality of the church. Not not quick-tempered. Things uh, can't ruffle our feathers every time they go wrong. Another one that's in this list, and I'm not going through all of them, is greedy. Is greedy. Kids, you think about that, and you think about, well, if someone's going to be a good shepherd or overseer in the church, and they, they're constantly asking, how can I get the most money? How can I get the most money? Someone says, well, I need you to check in on these people. Well, how much are you going to pay me? How much are you going to pay me? How, much, what are the, what's the, how can I make the most money at doing this? Hey, you know what, kids? This isn't about money. This is about God's precious possession. And it's not something that we do for money, but we do as a privilege that we can serve him. Last thing I want to tell you kids is this, that this overseer must love God's word. Love God's word. If you go down in the passage, it talks about how this, this word of God, and this is important kids. Why should he love and know God's word? Love and know God's word. Because this is what God wants to see in his church right here. This is what he wants to see in his church. Kids, this is what tends to happen. And you do this to your parents all the time. And I'm telling you, stop it, okay? Um, Your mom or dad is fixing uh, dinner. And you walk in the kitchen and you're a consultant. You kind of fold your arms, kids, and you go, Hey, what are we having for dinner? And they say, chicken and broccoli. And you go, Oh, gross. That's a bad idea. No one likes your chicken and broccoli. That's awful. Why don't we have macaroni and cheese? Because we're having chicken and... Oh, I have a better idea. I have a better idea. You see, you're not doing that right. It's, it's just not that good when you do it. If you just put a pile of cheese and a bunch of bacon on top of it, that would be way better than, than what you're doing. And so you come in and you, you like it when when you have a better idea than everybody else and you get to tell people what to do. You know what, kids, I want to tell you this. It's super important. In God's church, in God's church, we are not consultants. We are not consultants. We don't have a better idea. We're not going to improve on what God has already designed his church to be. It's found in his word. It's found in his word. God has said what he wants his church to be about. We need to know what it says, and then we need to encourage one another to follow after what God has said. This is what his church is to be. So kind of recapping, first of all, uh, God's church is his valuable possession. It's important to him. 
It's his precious possession. So if it's important to God, it should be important to us. And if it's important to us, we should want the best for God's church. Let me pray and ask that God would uh, work in us and remind us of this as we think about his church. God, thank you for the opportunity of being here this morning. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for these uh, kids who are here today especially. God, I ask that these families represented here today would grow and thrive as they seek after you. God, thank you for Bear Valley Church. I ask that you would raise us up with godly men and women to fill uh, positions of leadership and that you would grant your church overseers that honor and follow after you. God, thank you for this time. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.